Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, July 5th, 2018, and today we're reading from the big book, and we are currently on page 83, the uh, second paragraph. It starts, the spiritual life is not a theory, and we're just going to read the one paragraph. So today, our readers, um, we have Susan K. on the 12 steps, excuse me, Susan H. on the 12 steps. We have Terry N. on the 12 traditions, and the readers of the text, we have Barbara E. and Craig F. The reference number for Thursday, uh, yesterday, July 4th, excuse me, that would be Wednesday, July 4th, for the 7 a.m. meeting, that's 11,619, 11 619 and for the 10 a.m. meeting 11,621 11,621 so the OA preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience strength and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating and we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively there are no dues or fees for members we are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, and that is to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. And at a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And so now let me ask uh, Susan H., would you be kind enough to read the 12 steps? Good morning, Susan. Good morning, can you hear me? I can. Okay, Uh, this is Susan H. in Ohio, Recovered Compulsive Eater. Um, the OA 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. That's one. <laughs> Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct demands to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, 
We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks. Thanks so much for your service, Susan. Okay, let me ask uh, Terry N., would you be kind enough to read the 12 traditions? Good morning, Terry. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Terry N., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from New Jersey. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems with money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thanks for the opportunity for service, and I pass. Thanks so much, Terry. Okay, here's how our meeting uh, works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. And anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic in the literature that we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months, and there is no abstinence requirement for sharing on the topic. And this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And we're sharing what the the directions in the big book mean to us. If you'd like to share, just press star one to unmute. and, And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And so we are, we are um, in the big book. We are on page 83. Barbara's gonna read the second paragraph. It starts, the spiritual life is not a theory. So, hey, Barbara, good morning. Hey, Larry, good morning. <laughs> right back at you. And thank you so much for your service. I am so glad and honored to be doing this. Page 83, the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. Unless one's family expresses a desire to live upon spiritual principles, we think we ought not to urge them. We should not talk incessantly to them about spiritual matters. They will change in time. Our behavior will convince them more than our words. We must remember that 10 or 20 years of drunkenness 
would make a skeptic out of anyone. How true. Okay, let me start my timer. There we go. The spiritual life is not a theory. That pops out immediately. A theory is a conjecture or a speculation, what, what one might do on the stock market. The spiritual life for me is a necessity. We simply have to believe in it and live it. I choose not to go into the spiritual aspect with my family or my friends, and I certainly don't presume to preach. I believe my behavior, the changes I make in my daily behavior are enough. If my family recognizes these changes, that's lovely, but certainly not the reason I do it. I do it for myself my healing, by my slowly evolving into the person my higher power wants me to be. I'm not perfect, and I know that it would be ego on my part to ever presume to think I'd achieve this perfect transformation. I must be entirely ready to grow and begin hopefully to avoid my most glaring defects of character that, that kept me thinking that the spiritual life was a theory, not a necessity. I don't apologize um, if I can't promise that I won't do something again. It took, that's where the daily amends come in. It will take a long time, perhaps, before my family sees and trusts that I've truly changed. Uh, I won't lash out or withdraw. I won't be simply submissive in a resentful way. I won't be argumentative. The, principle, the principles I've learned help me to get the chance to be a better person, to be the opposite of my most glaring defects, as I said before. This for me today, July 5th, is the beginning of a new day. God has given me this day to use as I will. I can waste it or use it for good. But what I do today, July 5th, is important because I'm exchanging a day of my life for it. When tomorrow comes, this day will be gone forever, leaving in its place something that I've traded for it. I want it to be a gain and not a loss, good and not evil, success and not failure in order that I won't regret the price I've paid for it. And in order to do that, I have to live in an attitude of gratitude. That's the antidote for me to negative thinking. I tend toward negativity, especially when I'm confused or stressed. But I find, oh, there's my timer. I find that if I substitute thoughts of gratitude, my thinking goes from fear-based to God-based. Thank you so much for this opportunity I passed. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, so again, if you're if you just fell out of bed, we're on page 83, the second paragraph only. It starts the spiritual life, and we'd like to only hear from those who are human with a pulse. So, if you are human with a pulse, uh, who would like to share? Carolyn S. H. Carolyn. Reva P. Richard B. Yeah. Reva Richard. Cheryl H. Cheryl. Amanda B. Amanda. Brita P. 
And let's stop with that, with Dorita. All right, there's. I think these are all humans with a pulse. Carolyn, I know you are, followed by Reva. Good morning, Carolyn. <laughs> Good morning, Larry. Yes, and I just fell out of bed, so it's perfect. So, perfect. Um, good morning, uh, Carolyn S.H. calling from Massachusetts, and I feel honored to be the first in the queue. This is very exciting. Um, so, I love this paragraph. And, um, last time I've set, I studied it and am currently living it, um, what, what has really popped out at me is, um, and I've already put in my timer, by the way, is this um, the interpretation of the spiritual life is not a theory. Um, uh, and we have to live it. I have to say that some squiggly lines. I know, you know how important that is. Um, and the spiritual life is not a theory. Like, to me, that means it is the material life. Like, it, it is, um, it's not separate from what we do. It has to be the same because um, that's the nature of it. We have to treat it as such. Um, and the analogy that jumped um, into my mind this morning is that of, um, you know, if I want to learn a sport, um, I, I, long ago I used to play soccer and I couldn't just like sit and theorize and learn the rules and think, oh, what, what it will be like to kick the ball. No, I got to get, I got to do it. Um, and amends and living this way of life is building a muscle and it's like, it's learning the sport of spiritual um, life, if you will. And um, one example that I'm getting a lot of mileage out of in learning is an amends I made two years ago that I've mentioned before on this line um, to one of my brothers that didn't go so well. And because I was all set spiritually, like I had all the ideas and I was ready to, you know, put aside his part and be my, you know, just look at my side. But then when I was sitting and, you know, standing, we were taking a walk and talking to him, I couldn't do it. Like, I just, I reacted to him and I, it wasn't, um, and I wasn't living the amends in that moment or, you know, the weeks before, the weeks after. And I've got to, like, every amends, I've heard people say every amends is a living amends, Um, you know, and it may also be a direct amends, but I've got to live it. And for me, I've got 30 seconds to define what that means. It, it, it means being able to not react, being able to live my side of the street um, and live in my realm and leave other people alone um, and be in contact with my higher power and make that the most important thing every day. Um, and with that, I pass. Carolyn, thanks so much. Okay, we have Reva followed by Richard. Hey, Reva, good morning. Good morning, Larry. This is Reva, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. So the two sentences, there are two sentences in this paragraph um, that really are striking me this morning. And the first one is about uh, my behavior convincing others more than my words. And that reminds me when I'm doing these amends and amending my behavior means changing my behavior, not making excuses and coming up with, you know, nice wordy apologies, um, that it's my behavior that counts. Um, And in order to change my behavior, uh, my thinking starts changing as a result of doing the step work. But I really need God to help me be the person that he envisions me to be because if I will myself into changing my behavior um, it doesn't really work 
And the same thing when it says the spiritual life is not a theory um, and I have to live it. You know, I can understand this. I can talk about it. um, But it doesn't really um, help me change. I have to take action. Um, And I'm learning through practice that instead of waiting for my thinking or feeling to change and then say, oh, when I feel like doing it or when I think um, differently, then I'll take these different actions. It's really the opposite. It's taking the action, taking the leap of faith and acting like the person God would have me be. Um, And then as a result of the actions, my thinking starts to change. Um, And this is really not easy, and it takes a lot of practice. Um, And that's why it says, I guess, this is our life, is my lifetime work, because all that destruction that I create um, takes just as long to rebuild. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Reva. Okay, okay, we have Richard followed by Cheryl. Hey, Richard, are those Irish eyes smiling this morning? Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Hi, everybody. This is Richard, a grateful compulsive overeater in Ireland. And thank you so much for the reading. Um, yeah, this spiritual life is not a theory. We we have to live it. And I, I've made a couple of notes here on the posters as, as I go, and I've underlined the word we three times. It is us that have to live it, not my family, not my friends. Um, I suppose it comes down to um, you know that principle that the the pro we've got a program of attraction rather than promotion, and um, it's for us to live by example rather than try and drag people into my spiritual life, drag other people into program. I remember when I first came to OA, like my second meeting, I brought my wife along, thinking, oh yeah, she could do this as well, and. That was years ago, and it's none of my business. Um, And another thing is, I shouldn't try to program people. Um, And this is a character defect of mine that comes up every now and again, where I try and push program principles onto somebody, like a friend who is having a problem. Like, I have a friend whose life is totally unmanageable um, due to her addiction. And she's not in recovery. And when I'm talking to her, I I seem to find myself going around the uh, the program route and using program talk on her um, a fair bit. So I have to remember that you know people have um, free will and free choice, and my program is my program and nobody else's. Um, and then the last, the last bit, um, yeah, 20 years of drunkenness would make a skeptic out of anyone. Um, I have to remember that, you know, my recovery, my program is newer than what my eating is. And people are well used to me eating, but people aren't so used to my program. And I suppose like since I, since I got abstinent this time and I have, I don't know, what is it, uh, just over three months of abstinence, um, and I'm working my program hard and I've recovered, I find myself changing. Um, and people don't always seem to like that for the good at times. You know, it takes people 
a while, family a while to adjust. And if I if I'm realizing I don't need to be a doormat about something, um, I can be politely assertive rather than have people walk all over me. And that, that doesn't always go down well. Um, so I have to remember that, um, yeah, this program is newer than what my eating is. And that's my timer. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Okay, we have Cheryl followed by Amanda. Good morning, Cheryl. Your turn. Hey, Cheryl, press star one if you would. Yep, I think. Can you hear me now? There you are. Yeah, I can hear you. Thank you. Hi, this is Cheryl, grateful recovered compulsive eater in uh, Wisconsin. And um, this this text reminds me that, you know, it says a spiritual life is not a theory and that we have to live it. And um, the thing I see is that, that we have to live it is italicized. And I was always taught that, the italicized text in this book in the first 164 pages is key, is important. They spent more money, this is what I've heard, and I don't know if it's true or not, but they, they cost more money to italicize text. So I am directed to pay more attention to that, that I have to live it. Um, and that uh, reminding me that we're, we're in step eight, so we're coming towards the end of step eight in the text, and and that we're directed to make a list of all the persons we have harmed to become willing to make amends to them all. So it's it, this this reading is telling me that I have to, through the steps, have a spiritual experience, that that I have to actually live this program. I have to not just have a belief in it, that I have to actually incorporate this. I have to ha- have these roots go down into me, into my spirit, and and change me, that that spiritual awakening, that change, that spiritual experience is what is going to relieve me of my compulsive eating. And um, I think back in the beginning of We Agnostics, again, and and over and over in the text, especially up to this point, um, up to page 83, we're told over and over again that only a spiritual experience is going to have the power to overcome my compulsive eating. And, and you know, I've lived it. I, I, you know, I know that my willpower has failed me time and time and time again. Pounds and pounds and pounds of willpower. Um, take pounds off, put it back on. Take pounds off, put it back on. That that not my best thinking. My best thinking never got me anywhere. That not my food plan. I had hundreds of food plans. Not my sponsor. Not my sponsees. Not not the phase of the moon or wherever we are in the you know going around. Whatever, those things aren't going to be what help me be relieved in my compulsive eating. I need spiritual solution that's offered um, by working the steps as laid out in this book. And um, that is the only thing that's going to free me from my compulsive eating. And and gratefully, each day, one day at a time, I get what these folks and all of you got by doing this. Thank you for allowing me to share. I pass. Thanks, Cheryl. Okay, we have Amanda up next, followed by Dorita. Amanda, good morning. Hi, good morning. This is Amanda, a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, the spiritual life is not a theory. We need to live it. And to me, this is talking about the good old acid test. Um, you know, we're not talking about it in that context right now, but basically, how do I live the spiritual life 
outside of the rooms? How do I do it when I'm talking to people, making amends, working with others, or really just living my life? And so the spiritual life is not a theory. We need to live it. How do I practice spiritual principles in all my affairs? How do I be an example of letting my problems go? I've been so married to a problem recently. I call it practicing the problem. Um, How do I let my higher power, who's all-knowing and who does things that I don't know how to do, like we're all breathing right now. We're not breathing ourselves. Um, how, How does the source that creates the breath in me that allows me to breathe, that drives the waves up onto the shore, how do I let that spirit who's all-knowing, take my problems for the day. So when I say the spiritual life is not a theory, we need to live it. Living it means when I want to control something today, it's not if I want to, when I feel the urge to control something today, that I let go and let God, that I give it over to the expert. I look at it like outsourcing a problem. And when I let my whole problem go over to my higher power, then I have the space to have this entire psychic change that I can't get when I'm managing my problem. It's, it's very, very counterintuitive for me. But this is what the spiritual life is not a theory. We need to live it means to me. Um, it's very easy on a vision call. It's very easy with a program person to slip into that spiritual, theory, spiritual life. When I'm out in my life, when I'm trying to manage well, when I'm trying to rest satisfaction, on the delusion that I'll just, if I just manage well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rest satisfaction, pull satisfaction out of things. Then I am not living the spiritual theory. Um, so I just really, really love this line because it really means to me: the more I let go and let God of my pro- take my problems, I'll have the space to have the entire psychic change I came for, and my appetite falls away. My problems fall away and I'm free to look my two-year-old in the eye and laugh with her and then somehow some way my problems just get sorted out and I haven't done anything except for live the spiritual life and I just feel so grateful because that's nothing that I could ever achieve on my own it's nothing that I ever know about or was raised with Um, so not quite in the context of what we're talking about here But that line in the big book stands out in every area of my life. And I just want to say thank you all for being here. And uh, thanks for letting me share. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Amanda. Okay, Dorita, you're up. Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you. My name is Dorita P. from Cleveland. And I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And I don't know what I'm going to say until I say it. and please time me, uh, Larry. Um, so, yeah, the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. Um, yeah, so yesterday, as a matter of fact, I made a few amends. And I, I was just glancing down at the next paragraph, and it talked about send, sending a letter for to those people who cannot be seen. Well. I sent out a few text messages. A couple of the people live uh, about an hour or so away from me. Um, And uh, one person, 
lives, I don't know, maybe a half an hour, but I, I never really see her. I only see them, all three of them, at our family reunion. And our family reunion was Sunday, last Sunday. Um, and I, I just want to read uh, one of the uh, men's texts that I sent. And, um, hmm. and, I, and I, slept, I slept really well last night. And I hadn't been sleeping well for a little while, and it was just awesome. And also, I woke up at like six, uh, I don't know, about six forty, and it's like I woke up, woke up right in time for the meeting. And I hadn't done that in weeks, probably. I haven't been on the line, and uh, and I really need to be on the line. So let me just read this letter real quick. Mm, let's see. Okay, to this one person. Um, okay, so I was going to have a get-together uh, in a couple weeks, but I decided not to. No, this is not the letter. I'm just saying this ahead of time. Um, but I decided not to have the get-together, I call it, uh, with my family because um, I didn't get much feedback. So I felt like people really just didn't even really want to come. That's the vibe I got. Um, so I'll read it. I decided not to have the get-together or the big to-do um, for people or for family who are not interested in getting together with me. I understand, though, uh, I haven't been the most loving person lately. I look back and see a shift in my behavior, attitude, personality when I broke my foot. It could have started before then, but I just remember as far back as a year ago when I broke my foot. I am working on being more loving and kind. Even if I disagree with something or somebody, I can state what I need to in a loving and kind spirit. I, I love you, and I think of you as my adopted big sister. Um, I always, you always make me feel good whenever I am around you. If you don't want to be bothered with me, I understand. Have a good night. Sleep well. I'll just see you at the next family get-together. Um, so I'm just grateful for this program. Um, you know, and I'm learning. I'm really grateful that I'm learning. And that's just the beginning. Saying, uh, making an amends or um, an apology or whatever uh, that's just the beginning. Now I have to prove myself. Now I have, I told her I was working on being loving and kind. Now I have to show that. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Larry, for your uh, kind and loving spirit. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Dorita. Thanks for your share. Okay, so again, we're on, um, we're on page 83, the second paragraph only, which uh, the spiritual life is not a theory. And now we're going to go with just people who have a desire to stop eating. Perfect. Who would like to share? <laughs> I heard the laugh, Arlen. Who is, I heard Leah and then who else? Blanca B. Blanca. Vasa O. Vasa O. Who else? Leslie. Sharon. Is that Sharon or Karen? Karen. Karen, Karen. Is. All right, I heard Heidi Karen. Um, we'll stop with Heidi. 
so here's the list that I have, okay? And if you could all um, mute your phone. We got we got some guy over in Arizona. We got Leah. We got Blanca, Vasa, Leslie, and I heard Taryn with the T. I, I'm sorry if I botched that, but we'll fix that. And then Heidi. Hey, Harlan, good morning. Good morning, Larry. It's so good to be here. I'm Harlan G., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona, but very happy that the Cubs are on a roll. Preach the gospel. And if necessary, use words. Why am I here? Why did I survive? Why did I survive when every mathematical odd was against me? I was 500 pounds heavier than I am today. I had over an 80-inch waist. I was emasculated and destroyed by this disease. This disease came into my life and like a tsunami from the time I was a little toddler and ransacked me in every way and degraded me and beat me down in every way that you can beat down a human being. My spirit was dead, and yet I'm here today, and I'm here to tell you that this works. On the top of page 77, it says, our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. In every way possible, in every philosophy or religion with which I am familiar, my responsibility is to demonstrate, to show by action, what God has done for me. And teach this diligently unto your children. What am I? I am a human being. What is my responsibility? My responsibility is to demonstrate what God and this program have done for me so that I could tell you and I could be here today as a witness. We're at the end of step nine, and we have demonstrated our repayment of debt. We have made good to the best of our ability. Now, there may be some wrongs we can never fully right. We're going to talk about that more tomorrow. We're not going to talk about that today. But we have gone forth to people who are not in these rooms and we have shown them what our faith and what our program have done for us. We're not going, we didn't tell them about it necessarily. Maybe we did. But we demonstrated. We paid them the money back. We made right the wrongs. And in doing that, we said to those people, we believe above all else that this program will save my life. Why would I take money out of my pocket and do these things? Because not to do them means I'm going to die in the food. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. We are all going to die. But never to have lived is the greatest sin. And through the demonstration of faith, we can live to the fullest whatever time we have left. Many concentration camp survivors taught me as a little boy, live until you die. This is a way for me to live until I die. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. 
Thanks, Harlan. Okay, we have Leah S. followed by Blanca. Good morning, Leah. Thank you so much, Larry. What a beautiful shares. Um, spiritual life is not a fairy. We have to live it. Okay, so I I don't I did not understand why I have to make amends to people that I did not like or could not tolerate. Um, yeah, and from the far, I I it's okay. I don't have to be in touch with them. Yet I had to make these amends, and I followed these instructions to the T because. I did not want to get into the food. And as I continued doing all this, I realized more and more and became more and more aware of where I used to overeat and what I used to overeat about. And our behavior will convince them more than words. So you know what? People that are very close to me in within the, my family that I see every day, I had to start changing my behavior. Selfish and inconsiderate habits that have kept me in turmoil that I wasn't even realizing that I was eating over. And I had to take the bull by the horns, literally, the most uh, the most uh, inconvenient or un, uh, un, 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 unimaginable stuff that that is going to help me stay abstinent. And thank you, God. It doesn't mean that I go around every day and just say, oh, God, you know what? God just told me this or that. No. It's having that spirit in mind and thinking along those lines. I am here to to be of service. I am not here to retaliate. I am not here to to uh, hold grudges or judge. I'm not about that right now. I'm all about serving my creator. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thanks, Leah. Okay, we have Blanca followed by Vasa. Blanca, good morning. Hi, good morning. May I be heard? You can. Thank you. Yes, very beautiful shares this morning. Um, when I first came into, uh, I'm sorry, my name is Blanca B. I am a recovering compulsive overeater from Orlando, Florida. When I first came into program and I, I would hear that uh, spiritual life every day, I thought, oh, that means to pray and to do meditation every day. That, that, that must be what that means. But of course, as, as years have gone by, it is that, but it's uh, so much more. For me in my life, it's um, because of the fact that I, I uh, as a young child, the adults around me were, were not integrous. They did not, um, they did things that were, uh, well, that were very hurtful in every way. I, I followed suit. But as I became an adult, and especially when I entered OA, I realized it's, uh, it is much more than that. It's being integrous. It's showing up when I say I'm going to. It's um, meeting people when I say I am going to meet them. It is it is uh, giving of myself when I say I am going to do that. Because for most of my life, I did none of those things. And I suffered for it. I lost friends. 
and disappointed family members continually. Uh, It's being as honest as I possibly can at all times. And um, also what comes to mind is the fourth, there's a little pamphlet called Just for Today. And I I remember that's part of my spiritual life too. One of them is Just for Today to something like I may be disappointed. I may be upset with someone, but just for today, I will not show it. I don't have to show it. Um, another thing that, that reminds me of living my spiritual life is, do I want to be right all the time or do I want peace? When I'm tempted to fight back or retaliate when somebody says something unkind to me or when I feel slighted, I want peace. I don't have to be right all the time. That caused me tremendous pain and frustration in my life. And it would cause bad feelings and just such negative, negative energy. I don't do that anymore. I want peace in my life. But more than that, I want peace with my family and friends. And I I work very hard for that. I struggle because my character defects show, show up all the time. But as the big book says, why are we shocked when our character defects continue to show up? I don't know why it still shocks me. Because they're there. But through the grace of the program, I can manage. I can manage them. I can manage my defects and I can manage my abstinence one day at a time. So it's very hopeful to me. And on that, thank you all, and I will pass. Thanks, Blanca. Okay, we have Vasa followed by Leslie. The beautiful Vasa. Oh, good morning, Vasa. Thank you very much, Larry. This is going to be, it's a beautiful meeting so far. Anyways, I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recover compulsive Vita, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. This is a beautiful paragraph. The, spi- the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. And I try to live it to the best of my ability, and I'm not perfect at it. I was so grateful to hear this was a spiritual program when I came to Overeaters Anonymous, not a religious. And I'm so grateful to yeah, I have God of my own understanding, but it is a spiritual program for me. And as you said, now somebody's going to volunteer to share that wants to stop eating compulsively. And there was nothing more that I wanted many, many years ago than to stop eating. I had the husband, I had the house, I had the kids, I had the kids, but the food was going, the food was going to just kill me. And it's not like I didn't try to put it down for many, many, many years. I could put it down, but I could not keep it down. By the grace of my higher power, I was brought into Overeaters Anonymous. And I was so excited when I heard that there was a solution to my problem. I didn't know I had a disease. I didn't know this was called a disease. I didn't know it was a spiritual, I had a physical, emotional, spiritual disease. I learned that all in here. 
Someone told me, a loved one from my family, I was cold because I cannot be there emotionally for them. I don't want to fix them. I don't want to tell them what to do. I want my peace. And this is my program. I live it. I live my program. It's a living pro- program. I, it's, it's my program. I can't push it. I can't shove it. And I did at the beginning. I wanted to bring everybody. You know, all my friends that were struggling with the food, I'd say, oh, you got to come. There's a solution. I found the solution. Nobody wanted, nobody wanted to hear it. But I'm so grateful I stayed. And to make amends, again, for me, I remember saying, how can I make amends to people that hurt me so much as a child? Well, for me, it has the, the, I need to, for me, it's forgiveness. And I'm not saying that I haven't gone made amends to people, but most of it is I have to forgive because those people are not in recovery or they didn't know what they were doing. If I was not in recovery, I would have been probably doing the same things. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thanks, Foss. Okay, we have Leslie followed by Taryn. Let's go to Tennessee. Hey, Leslie. Tennessee. Hey, Larry. Um, hey. So I I do not, you know, I unfortunately do not have um, a good track record in this in this uh, paragraph here. Um, I have talked. I have been guilty of talking incessantly about spiritual matters, um, especially to my husband. And I'll never forget one day, and I'm fortunate enough and blessed to be married to a man who lets me know where his boundaries are. And I was talking, talking, talking away about, you know, he was talking about some problem he was having at work. And, of course, I was giving him an earful of spirituality. And he looked at me and he said, it wasn't that long ago, by the way. He said, Leslie, I'm going to need you to stop taking my spiritual temperature. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know what? Wow. Okay. I, I, I hear you. I, I, I don't need to. You know, it's like, why? Why do I need to? Um, why do I have this need to feel like? You know, like I'm superior or better than somebody else because I get up at six o'clock in the morning and call my sponsor and pray and meditate. No, that's what I have to do because I'm an addict. And, uh, you know, I have no place telling other people how to live their life. Besides, I really haven't been living this way of life long enough to give me the to 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 have the credibility. <laughs> I mean, let's not let's not talk about having the right to do that. I don't even have the credibility to do that, right? Because I have spent, as somebody else alluded to before, way more time being in my disease and acting like a hot mess and a fool than I have being in the spiritual way of life, living this way. So my job is to stay in my lane. And mind my own business and to live my life in a way that is um, 
that is attractive to others. My words don't matter. The way I live matters the most. Um, And so thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thanks, Leslie. Okay, we have Taryn followed by Heidi. Taryn, am I botching your first name? Because I've I've done that before. Good morning. Uh, This is Karen. Karen in. Karen. Okay, hey, Karen. We're close. You were close. Um, Well, this is Karen, compulsive overeater, and I'm fairly new to this program, but um, I'm not new to the 12 steps, but I'm new to vision. And um, I've heard such beautiful gems this morning um, that apply directly to my life right now. And um, and some of the stuff that I'm dealing with, and um, to me, when I hear that, a spiritual life is, I have to live it. And I always, for me, my motto is like, don't harm self, don't harm others. Um, and this compulsive overeating is harming myself and others. Um, and I feel really right now, I mean, it's a miracle because I'm going to be burying my beloved aunt Saturday, who has been like my mother to me. And I have grieved in the last several days, and I have not picked up food. And that, and I, and I, I wanted to pick up something, you know, <clears throat> um, but I didn't pick up alcohol. I didn't pick up food, and 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 I cried, and I grieved, and I felt, and I talked to people, and you know, and then I wake up the next day, and I feel better, you know. I feel more accepting of what is and um accepting of reality and um i can't express my gratitude for i mean that spoke volumes to me what just happened in the last four days you know um it's the beauty of this program and and how it works and how you know my you know my god works through me uh and takes care of those kinds of things and more you know so I don't know. That's all I really have to say. Um, it just feels good to, to be on this meeting and to share. Thank you so much. Hey, Karen. Thanks so much. Heidi, it's your turn. Good morning. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're coming through great. Hi. My name is Heidi G, and I'm a recovering compulsive eater. Um, and this passage makes me think of a two things. I'm also fairly new to the program and when I when I, when I hear this passage talking about how it's a, the spiritual life is a is a one we have to live it and it's not a theory. It makes me think about how I introduce myself which is that I'm recovering and um I every day I have to live this life of spirituality. It's not one that I can say I'm recovered and I'm done and um, I don't ever have to um, work at it again. Every day I have to live this spiritual life. And the second thing that makes me think of when it talks about how we we don't need to convince other people, tell other people what we're doing, 
and and be all high and mighty, it makes me realize that there are times when uh, I, I get nervous because I I don't want to label myself as um, a, a sugar addict and I don't want to label myself as an alcoholic to my friends I, I because I don't need... I, I don't need them to under I don't need them to see me as a labeled person. I don't need them to understand that I can't eat desserts. Uh, what I need is only for myself to understand what I need in the moment. And I don't need to label myself. I don't need to um, talk about the theory of what I'm doing. All I need to do is I need to moment by moment live this spiritual life for myself and make the decisions that are the right decisions in in the moment that I'm in. And it's only in doing that that I can lessen my anxiety about the huge work, the, the amount of work that needs to be done in my life because it is overwhelming when I think about it like that and I think about how every day I need to do this work. It's too much to think about that and how it I'll never be able to eat desserts again or never be able to drink again. That, to me, is too much. So it's just in the day, uh, in the moment, that I need to live this spiritual life for myself, and it involves nobody else. Um, it, it involves it involves you and, and the community, but I, I really need to do it for myself. Um, thank you. I'll pass. Thank you for your service. Thanks, Heidi. Hey, Melanie C., are you out there? Hey, Mel. Oh, Melanie, where are you? All right, maybe she's not there. All right, who would like um, two minutes? This is John M. This is Katie. Sorry, this is Katie G. from Boston. Hey, well, sorry, Katie. Hey, John, good morning. Would um, Would you take us out here? Sure. This is John M., Grateful Recovering Food Addict from Chicago. Um, grateful to be here today. I uh, just wanted to get on here at the end of the line. Um, you know, spiritual life is a theory versus action. Um, kind of walking through, well, I, I guess I walk through that every day like all of us, but I've been, uh, as I'm walking through the fourth and fifth right now, um, kind of just being exposed to a different way of thinking, kind of looking at my life in a different perspective. Um, you know, and it's 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 interesting from the perspective that uh, being in the program for a long time and having to do this now from a food perspective that um, I wouldn't have thought it would have been that eye-opening. I thought it was more going to be a case of, yeah, I just got to do this thing and I just haven't done it right and I just got to take the food out of the equation and it's just going to be like it was before. And um, it's, it's nothing like that. And it's been a... Um, eye-opening experience from a perspective that I've never had before. You know, we talk a lot about having a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. And I think I've had maybe minor spiritual awakenings and I've had moments of clarity, but I don't know if I've ever really had the spiritual experience they speak of when they, when, as, as the big book defines it. And I feel like I'm beginning that process finally for myself. And as I'm doing that, you know, I'm just – it's not just seeing things different, it's feeling things different. It's having a different perspective on small things, you know, uh, how I see my family, 
how I, re- you know, how I respond to things. Uh, I went to a family party yesterday and, uh, you know, I, I actually had conversations with people in my family that I would have never had before. Um, little things. It doesn't sound like a big deal, but it was a big deal in the moment to me. Um, you know, I've always had a problem relating to my family from uh, being in recovery so long that, you know, they never understand that stuff. But I don't know. Being in a different place today it was a much different experience, and I really enjoyed it. So that was a win for me yesterday. But uh, other than that, I'm just grateful to be here today. That's all I got, and uh, I'll just keep coming back. Thanks. Hey, John, thanks so much, and thank, thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. It's a great meeting. Let me give you the share ID for today, Thursday, July 5th, for the 7 a.m. meeting. That's 11624 And uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And now Craig's going to close us out. I know he's going to do it on page 164. Hey, Craig, good morning. Good morning, Larry. How are you? Good. Thanks, Craig. Good. All right. Uh, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless and keep you until then.